You're listening to a Frequency Podcast Network production. Hello, I'm Mirella Amato. Welcome to Hot Plate, a post-foodie podcast. This season, we examine the impact COVID has had on every aspect of our food system, all the way from farm to table. We'll look at how things have changed and try to untangle what's going on behind the scenes so that we can strengthen our connection to our food. In this episode, mindful snacking and who decides what we eat. We're talking junk food. Tashna, how are you doing? Hi, Marilla. I'm well. How are you? I am doing very well. Lovely. What is the last thing you ate? The last thing I ate was a burrito. I have not eaten a burrito in a very long time, and I decided to order in some lunch, and I got nice. a big old burrito, and it was delicious uh, with steak, and, and it's like rice and salsa, and all the things were all where they needed to be, and it like good mouthful distribution. It was quite delicious. I, I just you noticed have? you're doing the hand gesture, so you're, you're eating the burritos with your hands, and eh? you're not going in with a fork and knife? No, not at all. I cut it in half to make it a bit more easy to handle. Uh, but yeah, uh, burrito for sure is a hand, for sure. That's handwork there. Good point. I was just thinking I'm used to the knife and fork, but that's when I'm having my my breakfast burritos that are, you know, covered in cheese. And so you can't yeah, really and there's like an enchilada. Up. It's a bit more of an enchilada. Yeah. Right, right, yes. right. Nice. What did you have? Uh, I'm again, I'm eating right now. Yes. <laughs> and I'm having what is currently one of my favorite snacks that started as just one of those op- throwing open the cupboards and seeing what was available because I was hungry. Right. And it's uh, Icelandic yogurt, which Scared. I am quite yes. passionate about. Okay. I have to say there has been so much gross yogurt around for, so, you know, like these mm-hmm. concoctions, masquerading as yogurt. Oh, yeah. And then Greek yogurt came along and I understand some people like Greek yogurt, but I, to me, what I have learned is with the notable exception of milk, if my dairy doesn't have some tang to it, I am not interested. Okay. And Greek yogurt, it doesn't have that tang. The sourness. Okay. Okay. Uh, so don't like it. And so Icelandic yogurt has been a revolu- uh, revelation for me. And I just okay. throw some walnuts on there and then tons of maple syrup. Yeah, sure. That's a great mouthful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, it, I'm uh, man. I'm with you. Yeah. Yeah, it it works. I have to say, I'm not even that huge a fan of maple syrup, but in this particular combination, it uh, uh, when maple syrup rolls around with yogurt and nuts, Mm. it's the right just a little bit of granola, and that's like the 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 best. That is the best. Uh, So good. (laughs) It's a new discovery for me, and I'm enjoying it very much. I love it. I love it. Um, So, in our ongoing focus uh, and investigation on the impact of COVID and the pandemic on our food industry. Today, we're talking junk food. Uh, This is an interesting one. I'm excited about this conversation. Junk food. And this was, I think it's fair to say, inspired by an article we came across early on in the pandemic about Cool Ranch Doritos. Where did they go? Right. (laughs) What happened? There were complaints, right? Wasn't there like like a a petition? PepsiCo (laughs) got 400 messages asking about where the Cool Ranch Doritos went. And I didn't even know that they had gone anywhere, right? Because I'm sadly not paying enough attention to Doritos. 
but what we did, we we found this out uh, because there was with a wild demand uh, for Doritos and snacking food, uh, the companies couldn't keep up, so they started culling production lines to produce only bestsellers. Uh, yeah, and, and so sadly, the Cool Ranch were not in the top three. <laughs> That's what I, I don't here. share your your I don't share your sorrow. I'm a I'm a old school regular Doritos gal. I like I, I am as well. Uh, no, I'm not. I won't. I won't pick Cool Ranch. I'll take that jalapeno cheddar before I take the Cool Ranch for sure. So so yeah, essentially what happens, and this is not only Doritos. This was a large number right. of junk food companies that at the beginning of the pandemic saw this huge spike, huge spike. Uh, you know, on the other end, we saw all these empty shelves, right? Uh, and so what they had right. to do is to, to streamline their brands, their brand offerings, because every time they produce a new, like every time they switch the production line from regular Doritos to Cool Ranch Doritos, for example, they have to stop production, clean everything up, do some resets. Right. So I, I imagine residue, swap sure. out the bags, who knows, yep. um, and then start up again. And normally what they do is they build up an inventory in the stock room. And then once they have a good, safe enough inventory, they swap the line and they, you know, leisurely right. make the yep. change. And in this case, things were flying out of the, the stock That's it. so quickly that they were not able to make the change and they made some strategic decisions, anything that was selling less. Uh, I was very entertained to also see that it was a lot of the the whole wheat or the gluten-free <laughs> offerings that sort of dropped off real, a more niche. It's a real truth-telling and, there, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, they just really... Extremely. It was a it was a brief moment. They they quickly right. figured it out, but it it did incite a lot of panic. It, and it's it's actually fascinating to observe things like this, uh, right? The fact that that really that many of us at home on the couch, and that our instinct is to reach for a bag of you know, is to reach for yeah. things like Doritos. That piece I think is really really fascinating, uh, and to to see the, the 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 shakedown and the reality in the business of it all. Right. And that at their, you know, at these centralized places, they were like, whoa, this is too much. We can't handle this. We have to make change. <laughs> it is an incredible illustration of the power of buying capacity. Right. It's amazing. And uh, let's face it, we, we needed our comfort food when when COVID hit and we we're all <sighs> well, in lockdown. Um, we needed our, you know, the toilet paper. We needed the necessities, but we also it's very real. We needed the junk food. We did. Uh, we really, really did. And it's like to watch the way people just gave themselves green lights for all of this has been really amazing to see. Right. I, I feel like I read a piece about a chef who was very focused about what, you know, how she ate and what she put into her body and all that sort of stuff. And even she was like, it was Twinkies and it was, and she was observing herself in the grocery store, uh, you know, with the same urges to have a lot of this stuff. That's just about mind and, and taste, you know, not really about uh, nutrition or nourishing your body. Yeah, for sure. And it's, you know, it's normal to me that when when things are rough, you gravitate towards comfort food. What is very interesting to me is that it seems that for most people, this comfort was in junk food. Yes. Right? It wasn't, yes. uh, oh, I think I want to make myself a, a soup. You know, I mean, it, let me get some chicken truth. bones. and Right. Make, <laughs> let me get a pile of greens. Yeah. <laughs> that was not the attitude. Uh, it really was about immediate comfort, 
Yeah, right? or, you know, grandmother's, the, the let's pull sweet. out grandmother's recipe, you know, that there was right. none of that. Every, you know, everyone's baking sourdough bread from scratch. You'd think they would not be averse to, oh, let me pull out this old family mm, recipe that will bring me comfort. Yeah, right. or, you know what I mean? Uh, instead, it was like, nope, just give me those Doritos. Yeah. <laughs> give me the Doritos. Give All me right. the Twinkies. It's the truth. Um, and, it, and it was it was so successful and so real that we saw the reissue of a lot of these sort of old timey flavors of cookies and candies and, you know, just general confections. Because I think that these companies realized that we we're all sitting at home on the couch with our mouths open, um, yeah. ready, right to be fed quite literally whatever they would, they would put on this, uh, you know, put available for us. Well, here's an interesting tidbit. I, I found it entertaining. Uh, chips were definitely up. Chocolate was up tons right yes uh, in the junk food world and that makes sense right Ch- chocolate is a i have been definitely consuming a lot more chocolate Me as well yes did, that i did regularly sadly mint and gum were down though mint and gum <laughs> because we're not in-person <laughs> meetings our breath is <laughs> our breath doesn't matter That's you can true. smell like old stinky cool ranch doritos that's so good it, it tells you why people you know, eat mint. It's not a, it's, it's not just a, about other that, people. Yeah. And you know, that's marketing, right? They, that's come back to bite them now. They're a whole, like, you need to have a presentable breath. That's it. Yeah. That's and exactly. Now, oh, oh my God. I guess I, I don't need that, that. anymore. And <laughs> yeah. just like toss it over your shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is so great. Uh, oh my God. That makes me laugh a lot. Uh, also, you know, one of the fun things I noticed was curious is that actual sales of soft drinks were down. Uh, right out of all of them i thought that was odd and the only thing that i can think of to explain it is that uh the major like the major hit has been things like fountain beverages right right? i'm not sure if they specified whether it was bottled beverages or what i just heard soft drink sales in general now to me this has to factor in the the loss of fountain beverage sales in bars restaurants stadiums you know whatever else it is cafeterias that's no, the only thing sure. that makes sense to me, right? That's yeah. Be Pe- what Pepsi that's has taken a hit. Uh, Coca Cola has taken less of a hit, but that's because they have uh, Quaker oats, right? They right. have other. They have diversified their portfolio. portfolio, right? There was an interesting image that I read somewhere. Uh, t- again, talking about this junk food thing and saying that uh, everyone's now working from home, and so your kitchen is the vending machine. And to me, it really conjured up this image of like, right. So people who are used to having the vending machine and picking like, oh, I think I'll have Twinkies today. I think I'll have, I don't don't know what some vending machines is. So then it makes sense that you'd want to stock your kitchen in that way. And yeah, that's a very different proposition than uh, soft drinks, which like you said, is more, you know, Mm -hmm. oh, I'm uh, filling my car with gas. I'm going to pop in and, and grab a. A soft drink or whatever. That's I don't it. know when people, God, I don't drink soft drinks. Been, but. The kitchen as vending machine is intense. It is, eh? Ah, that's mega. I haven't even considered it before, but you're totally right. I get it. Uh, and, and I guess it's like the kitchenettes in your offices that get treated like that more. But now your home kitchen becomes that place when you're, when you're working from home. Oh, that's big. Okay, so this understood. Now, I, what, what leads from this, I think, is a conversation about who makes decisions about what we eat. 
uh, right? And how that and how these how these products even get to the shelf to be placed in front of us to tempt us and tantalize us, uh, right? right? Because it's it really does seem from the example we've seen from the pandemic that ultimately it's consumer demand, right? This is just it. What we will buy is what dictates what what companies will sell. Um, and that, that like, this is what we hear this from them directly, right? They're like, we are, we are trying to tap into what consumers want. And in the event that they can't figure that out or that they feel like there, there isn't any more need, the next move is to manufacture the need and then implant it in our minds, (laughs) right? Uh, To dream it up and then sell it to us so that we will continue to buy. Uh, And that, that is where, that is where a whole bunch of other questions emerge about how ethical this is. uh, What is the space for just commercial sales in the context of food and health and nutrition, right? Because nobody is having conversations here about what we should be eating. All we're talking about is what we will buy. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. And that is that the, the distinction there, there's a lot that gets lost in between those two thoughts. Um, right. I went hunting for some think for some, just some ideas about exactly what this means and to, you know, to get my head around it. And I landed with Marion Nestle. So Marion mm-hmm. Nestle is an American thinker, writer, educator, and she's been around for a long time. She wrote uh, really important books about the role of the corporate world and the imposition of the corporate world on our food system. But mm-hmm. just as an indicator to how long this lady has been at it, her first book has a review from Julia Child. Oh, wow. Okay. Right. So this lady has been around. (laughs) (laughs) She's been around for a while. And a couple of things that she said that I think are really worth paying attention to. One, she talked about an over-efficient food industry doing everything to persuade people to eat more, more food, more often, and in larger portions, no matter what. Mm -hmm. Right. And that, that perpetual growth and perpetual increase is, is like one of the hallmarks of capitalism right? It's the grow, grow more, more, faster, you know, bigger, more. For sure. Um, but let's do what we have to do to get as much out of the gate as we can. Get out. That's exactly yep. it. Um, another thing she said that really was helpful is that when it comes to the mass production and consumption of food, strategic decisions are driven by economics, not science, not common sense, and certainly not health. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, that I, I don't know that that is any sort of eureka news, but it is, I think, important for us to stop and consider, particularly in moments like this, when our financial choices and our, you know what I mean, the decisions we make uh, with our purchasing power uh, have have such overlaid impact uh, on our nutrition and our food security, you know, and all those sort of bigger, important things. Yeah. And I guess when it comes to to junk food, there's a there's a lot more wiggle room for manipulation there, right? Right. Because right. with, uh, you know, the standard things that we eat, it's often related to, you know, I, I certainly can tie back how I cook to how, you know, the food that I was eating growing up and, mm-hmm. you know, the years that I uh, spent in Italy and things like that. Like I can make that direct link and the, you know, the vegetables I gravitate to and maybe people I've met, you know, like I've uh, added some recipes to my repertoire from you. Mm. Uh, but, but junk food for me, if I think of the junk food I eat, it's a lot more arbitrary. There's a lot of room there right. for companies to 
to to try to get in there and find a way to position. You know, I remember uh, a couple episodes back we were talking about cheesies and how they create the illusion that they're fewer oh, the calories because they're pumped, wasn't this the they're, bliss yeah, point conversation they're pumped right. with air and there's just these little things they can that they can do that these companies can try and see does it resonate and mm-hmm. you know and with a lot of people it does it feels lighter it feels healthier and so boom they they'll they'll eat the cheesies That's instead it. of the chips and they'll feel better but it's not you know i guess it's not as a deeply and you know my loyalties for junk food are not as strong like i'm a much more likely to you know try a new flavor of chips than i am to you know completely overhaul a recipe that i that i've done Uh many many times yep so there's i feel like there's a lot more room for manip even though it is the consumer that decides there's a lot of room for manipulation and you know they are constantly you know quote unquote innovating, you know, to basically release I don't I love how they call it innovating. They're just really releasing new flavors, basically. hundred <laughs> uh, percent. Yes. Um but it just feels like it's a very calculated effort to see like, oh, is this gonna work? You know, let's release a, a whole wheat version and see if that works. Let's uh re-release, Definitely. as you mentioned, this uh during the pandemic for sure there were, as you mentioned, a lot of re-releases of like, remember this from the nineties, remember this from when you you mm-hmm. know, just to get people back on track and uh you know i guess eating or drinking something to match their little uh fanny packs and little what little seriously pouches, right uh, but the the process has uncovered something interesting uh mm-hmm. in that it seems that there's sort of there's a couple of angles here right yeah. and this and and thinking about like why is this so successful why is this working what is happening particularly at the at the individual consumer level mm-hmm. uh, right and it seems like they're the the comfort right the comfort of reaching for junk food and the comfort food that is the you know that, that is on the stores yeah. of, of the shelves and convenience stores but this nostalgia piece peel, feels to me unique to this pandemic experience Right. Because we've understood the need for comfort. That's why gas stations have convenience stores. Uh, right. right. And it's about impulse. And what do I feel like right now? And uh, the mm-hmm. ability to just grab things and eat them indiscriminately uh, has been that's been a that's been a mainstay. But this nostalgia piece is something that is very COVID related because it, the idea is that these were foods that enabled us to transport ourselves back to a calmer, perhaps more secure, less global pandemic ridden life. Right. Uh, yeah. Right. And that's that to me, that's the COVID angle there. So we've been talking a lot about the consumer side of things and the Mm. nostalgia and that piece, but I'm also very interested in looking at the company's perspective. And I was very, very interested to learn. I don't don't know if you were aware of this beforehand, but junk food actually was on the decline. No, I wasn't. Oh, I'm going to call them Generation Z. They're probably Generation Z, but we're we're Canadian. So Generation Z actually eats less junk food. They're not necessarily Mm. cooking at home, but they have this, uh, or they historically had this distrust for larger companies and were very actively moving away from any category of prepackaged large company junk food. Right. Then COVID hits and all of a sudden the companies go from seeing 
you know, panicking about this dip to, you know, having to streamline Wild and spikes, cut out products right, because right, there's right. insane spike, huge demand. Now they're on a high. COVID is still going, but of course people aren't going to consume junk food at the same rate right. for how, how far into it are we now, exactly. right? So then they're on this high, you know, there was this frantic, you know, excitement and energy on their side and right. trying to figure out, you know, how do we keep this thing going, knowing and understanding that, you know, our, I guess the main audience we're trying to reach, which is the audience that is coming into adulthood and mm -hmm. they, they have to retain for the next little while, you know, isn't really that keen on junk food, you know, as a baseline. And That's once right. COVID hits, what, sorry, once this COVID ends, there's a good chance we, we might, we might lose them significantly. And this right. has led to a number of very entertaining initiatives. Um, my absolute favorite one, which I'm going to have to post in the liner notes. I don't know if you have seen this, Joshna, mm. but uh, the makers of Oreo cookies oh. put out a video on on mindful snacking. So <laughs> it's all about, you know, how can you snack? And we care about you. So we want to teach you how to snack in a mindful way. And, you know, it outlines different things like, you know, pull out what you're going to eat ahead of time and put it on the plate oh, instead of just eating from the bag, thanks. you know, and take a moment to savor every bite and like that sort of thing. And really creating this, you know, you can do it attitude. To you know, turn like, it into you know, like some kind of wellness initiative as opposed yeah. to just a commercial, hey, right? You go ahead and buy that bag because we know that you can eat it mindfully, right? Knowing full well that once you have the bag, you know. You're going to eat the whole thing? Be, of course you are. You're going to be tucking in, right? You're going to get um, a bowl. And, yeah, that, that's amazing. That is so funny. Um, there have been other... Uh, really interesting initiatives, namely help getting people to integrate junk food into their meals. Oh, yes. And I have seen this, this. Yes. This is huge right now. Uh, it is It is happening. You've seen them? I've seen uh, a Doritos chicken casserole came across oh, yeah. right and it was like it was like a reissue from may 3rd being like hey everybody i know you have a bag of doritos at home uh so here's what you're gonna do with it and here's all these like seemingly meal focused things that you can do with stuff that was formerly just about a snack yep uh oreo had a you know a a, a cooking competition for desserts yep. obviously um and yeah there's the dorito casseroles there's uh chicken tenders that are breaded with crumbled Dorito. you know the idea is yeah, hey, like a doritos we, nugget or something right yeah yes c keep the doritos in the house because you know yeah you might want it for a snack but you you need it for your recipes right so then yep. you know then yeah if you if you snack and on it later a, then that's you know in a, you know, in a kitschier sort of way we're also seeing things like returns to campbell soup uh, and yeah. the casserole, right? The tuna casserole or the whatever mushroom crispy onion kind of combination of things. Um, for a laugh, I have to tell you, was something that did come across my screen was a Velveeta cheese fountain. Now that's not that's not everyday food. That's special occasion food for sure. But I will tell you, with all my feelings about processed food, that Velveeta fountain sounded exciting. I, it does I'd like, sound I'd exciting. Like, I'd like to. Try my hand <laughs> and enjoy one run on a Velveeta fountain. 
Although my my general feeling is it's probably just a chocolate fountain that's been rebranded, but um, yes, yes. But yeah, the idea of but you know what, Velveeta's cheese healthier than chocolate, right? Well, this so, is exactly. I mean, it's also one processing stage away from a piece of plastic. Uh, but hey, man, never, <laughs> it melts is really Velveeta well. Available in Canada? I've never yeah, had yeah, it. Yeah, is oh, it? Yeah. oh, it is. And okay, is it a block like butter and shortening are to suggest that there's some sort oh. of real? You can find it in the refrigerated section in this weird block in a in a so, box. So are you supposed to eat it melted? Excuse yes, my ignorance. Always. I'm fascinated always. now. Okay, so Velveeta's always about melted and sauces. So you and, sh- you shred it and melt it onto things or mix well, it. You just put it in the microwave and melt it and add a like the cl- a classic Velveeta move is like you put some Velveeta and some salsa in a container and put that in the microwave, and then that's your your con queso nacho oh, dip. Hold Done. on. So is is Velveeta when a, you know when you buy nachos in a stadium yes. and there's that melted yes. stuff on top? That's Velveeta. Okay, yes. so I have that's had it. that. I have had that. That okay. processed cheese and then maybe there's pickled jalapenos or something in there to make you feel like there's a Mexican flavor happening. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. I know. So, I know. But you know, take a step back. It's just really fun to see this this turnaround because you know I mentioned earlier with when they. Doritos had to streamline yes. and Tostitos and everything. And they cut out all the gluten-free, the, all those, you know, the healthier offerings. Yep. Now they've, they've brought their regular line back and now they're looking to accelerate their, again, in quote, air quotes, innovation, <laughs> releasing new yes. products. Yes. Right. And definitely trying to lean towards uh, healthy stuff. So for example, Oreos has come out with gluten-free for the first time. Smart. Uh, um, Coca-Cola has come out with a zero sugar. Yeah, I Uh, saw that too. And this was actually something you sent me. I don't know if you caught this detail, but Hamburger Helper is now saying that you can make it with beef or with tuna. Oh my God, really? Oh, (laughs) oh, oh, that's a completely center of the store meal there for you, friends. Oh, right. Except the issue, I think, is I'm pretty sure this this Generation Z are the ones that won't eat canned tuna because it's too much effort to uh, open the can and drain it. Right. And there's also there's also the like what tuna is ethically sourced. Right. They're caring about that. The the skipjack versus the albacore versus the nets and the dolphins and all the things. Hamburger Uh, helper might want to might want to rework their pitch there. (laughs) Clearly. Uh, this is, this is, it's a good news story for these, for these companies, right? They have just, it seems like they've just been given a lot more road to play on, uh, because Mm -hmm. they have our attention and they have our emotional spending desire pretty locked in. Uh, and so this is, this has been successful for them. Uh, a note, something that I was thinking about from uh, preparing for this was that I saw that at least here in Ontario, uh, while booze sales have not necessarily spiked, cannabis sales are up like more than 400%. Oh, wow. Uh, right? And that has got to have some influence on this. <laughs> right? Those two are not unrelated uh, elements. And it, I was I was wondering where you were going with that, but that is yeah. a very, very good point. All right, Mirella. So please tell me, what have we learned? What is this telling us? Well, I think the main thing we've learned is junk food is here to stay. Yeah, clearly. You know, even as, you know, Gen Z and let's, I think it's fair to say all of us are trying to move towards a more healthy 
uh, lifestyle and eating better, uh, junk food is here to stay. And in fact, companies are are actively trying to move into that space of of health food and you know becoming uh, being seen as healthier. So I guess we'll have to wait and see if that works. Right, it's true. We have, I I am dubious uh, because I I personally think that they're they're less satisfying. And true, and truthfully, I think, and the advice that I want oh, you mean to like share, the the healthier options, yeah, are less the whole grain, Agreed. whatever is not yeah. like, come on now, come on. If I want, mm-hmm. I want something salty and sweet, and that is what I want. I don't want a, some sort of weird, reasonable facsimile. Uh, so, I mean, listeners, dear listeners, here's what I think. I think that if you are having a craving for something sweet or salty, you should get that thing that you are craving. Uh, specifically, yes. don't be swayed by some other altered version to suggest some virtuousness forget it it's a whole it's smoke and mirrors if you want to eat uh reese's peanut butter cups you get yourself those reese's peanut you know whatever brand of version of the thing it is eat it enjoy it without guilt uh and then move along right just now is the time don't fuss around with this just have it enjoy it uh sit with you know what i mean all this get your teeth to itch with all the sugar just do it yeah let junk food be junk food that's it if you are enjoying our podcast please support us at patreon.com slash hot plate pod hot plate is part of the frequency podcast network please consider leaving us a rating or review. It helps others find us. You can follow us on Instagram at hotplatepod. Follow me at Virology on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And follow Joshna at Joshna Maharaj on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Hot Plate is produced by Mirella Amato, that's me, and Dennis Coyne. Original music by her brother. Thanks for listening.